Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range. The cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Great show, boys. Hayes and Mardo, the run home again tomorrow between three and five. Great to have your company here on Sports Day. All thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. Uh, love to get your thoughts on this topic. This is my hot topic for today. It's all for Repco, for expert car service. Book into your local Repco authorised service centre. Later on, in just a little while, actually, I'll be speaking to the general manager of the Big Bash League. His name is Alistair Dobson. And I'm going to ask him the question is, because of Perth, Scorch's success, and hopefully they'll win their fifth Big Bash title on Saturday night. Is it time, because they're saying the Scorchers and the Sixers are dominating the BBL since it started. If the Scorchers win on Saturday, that is five titles. The Sixers have won three titles. That's eight titles amongst two of the franchise. Where does that leave the rest? There's been about three or four that have picked up one each. That takes it to 12, and there's some that haven't won any. So I'm going to ask the question. We've got two teams in Sydney. The Sixers have been good for the most part, and the Thunder have been hit and miss. They've been good and played in playoffs occasionally. Uh, They've been also cellar dwellers. The two Melbourne teams have been very poor for the most part in the BBL. The Melbourne Stars have been the most disappointing franchise of any And the Melbourne Renegades, apart from this year, were cellar dwellers for a few seasons, could hardly win a match. So the Melbourne franchise just haven't worked. So do we, and I know they're trying to shorten the big bash, but is there room for a second Perth BBL side because of the dominance of the Perth Scorchers? And you look at the likes of West Australian players that are playing with the other franchise. Of course, Tim David. Darcy Shorter playing at the Hurricanes. We've had Sean Marsh play at the Renegades, as we know. Uh, Hilton Cartwright also plays at the Stars. Marcus Stoinis plays at the Stars. Coulter Nile plays at the Stars. Josh Phillippe plays at the Sixers. Is that West Australia and its production line has propped up many of the other franchise. So all I'm saying is rather than farm them out, Is there enough talent, and I believe there is, on this side of the country to maybe look at developing a second Perth side? Now, I'm going to throw that to Alistair Dobson. He's going to hose it down probably and say, Pete, nah, we're not looking at expansion. We'll just stick with what we've got. But what gives the right, what gives the right for Melbourne to have two BBL teams? 
because they've both been poor. The Melbourne Stars, a huge investment. Remember in the early days, the late Shane Warne was involved, Eddie Maguire was involved. They have not fired a shot. And the Melbourne Renegades have been ordinary as well. So let's go where the strength is and try and improve the competition where the strength is. I don't want to water down the Perth Scorchers, but I'm saying it may stop some of these players, West Australian developed players, maybe playing in their home state. And wouldn't it be brilliant to have the Perth Scorchers take on another Perth BBL side at Optus Stadium? They'd be hanging from the rafters, absolutely hanging from the rafters. Don't worry about that. So saying that, do you agree with me? And if we did have a second BBL side out of Perth, what would we call it? It'd be Perth something, wouldn't it? It'd be Perth something because we've got Melbourne Renegades, Melbourne Stars. They like keeping the city involved. You know, Sydney Sixers, Sydney Thunder. And, of course, then we've got the other one-team city clubs. I always thought the West Coast Eagles should have been called the Perth Eagles for mine because it would have branded Perth. But that's a, a story for another day. And I know initially... Indian Pacific, which is the governing body in the early days when it came to the West Coast Eagles, seriously considered Perth. But uh, that'll never happen now. It's the West Coast Eagles. But your thoughts on the temper of bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Love to hear from you on the text machine regarding the Perth Scorchers. As we look ahead to the big decider. The big grand final, Saturday, 4.30 in the afternoon. Or do we just want to stick with the Scorchers and they can win a a title every year, if not every second year? Because they've been by far the most successful franchise, even when they haven't been winning Big Bash titles. For the most part, they've been in the finals and also been in a final and have been runners-up. Anyway, give us your thoughts. Uh, That is for our Repco Hot Topic. For expert car service, book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre now. All right. Interesting regarding some of the news, sports headlines for tyre power. Buy three, get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. A lot of talk regarding Darcy Moore uh, and the fact that he is the brand new captain of the Collingwood Football Club. Former coach Nathan Buckley said this on Darcy Moore's appointment. I think Darcy would be fantastic. For me, it was a matter of um, whether he would want the role, um, yeah, whether he'd put his hand up. I think there's a lot of things that Captain is required to do that is a little bit cut and dried. It's a, there's, there's sort of been an accepted way of leading or of presenting, and, and I don't think Darcy will fall into that that mould. He'll, he'll do it differently and, and maybe... For for me, it was was he prepared to maybe sort of just suck it up and and do some of the things that need to be done in order to go about it his way and 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 obviously he's been able to get to that point. I think he's really he's clearly really passionate about the club. Um, he has a great influence on people internally, and he's he's the most intelligent one of the most intelligent young men I've ever met. So I've got no doubt that he'll he'll enlighten um, us uh, into how he's going to lead and how the club uh, is going to carry itself over the you know, probably next five to six years, really. 
Mm, interesting. That's Nathan Buckley, former Collingwood coach on Darcy Moore. I actually heard his uh, father. He was speaking from California. He was on Melbourne Radio a bit earlier today speaking about uh, the Moore clan. And Peter Moore, who was a great uh, ruckman for Collingwood, a former skipper, very proud of what his son has achieved. And we wish him the best of luck. The other thing that's interesting, a lot of people have been talking about Novak Djokovic, particularly after the Australian Open boss Craig Tiley told SEN, yesterday that the 35-year-old had won the men's singles title with a three-centimetre tear in his hamstring. And many people have been saying, how can you play with a three-centimetre tear? This is what Dr Peter Larkin said about Djokovic's injury and whether that was possible. Well, I guess the two things, Jared, is not a high-grade hamstring structural injury. I mean, it's an awareness and what the, whatever that means in the English language. He's got some tightness and some soreness there. Structurally, they haven't found anything abnormal. It can be neural pain or nerve pain, which then can become a tear if it tightens up. I mean, in, in AFL circles, of course, as you say, we've got a much more guarded attitude to it. But that involves kicking and twisting and running and picking the ball up on the on the yep. on the bending over. And I look, I'm not just saying Jake Djokovic isn't athletic because we all know there's incredible mm-hmm. positions and the sides things he gets to, and and he's incredibly flexible. Though you, you see some shots of Djokovic and you think, God, yeah, but he does lots of yoga and, and stretching work with his management team, and his fitness team. So. So I guess he's just getting by with some tightness and soreness. But look, he's one shot away from it going. I mean, yep. We saw that with uh, with Rafa, um, and we've seen that with other injuries where you just can't hide on that situation. So he's done well to get there. But the more fatigued, the deeper he goes in the tournament, the longer the, the sets go, Jared, the risk of that hamstring being a factor. Yeah, there you go. Dr. Peter Larkins regarding Novak Djokovic saying that if he did have, and it appears that he could have, that three-centimetre tear. It was a monumental performance. It really was. He is just a machine, Novak Djokovic. So uh, congratulations to him on winning his 10th Australian Open on Sunday night. Now let's go back to the BBL. It's the Challenger final. The winner of this will play the Perth Scorchers on Saturday at Optus Stadium. And let me tell you, the Sydney Sixers, after 12 overs, in a little bit of trouble. They're four for 70 they lost Curtis Patterson for 19, Josh Philippi for 16, Moses Onriques for four, and Jordan Silk has just been dismissed for 10. Daniel Hills is not out. Uh, Daniel Hughes, I should say, is not out on 18, and Hayden Kerr has come to the crease. Four for 70 after 12 overs, and Matt uh, Kuhneman, who is the uh, spinner, has taken two for 11 wickets to McSweeney and also uh, Spencer Johnson. And as I go to the break, now, Tom Jones is a huge Welsh singer. He's a huge Welsh identity. And the choirs have been told at the rugby, that is at Cardiff's Principality Stadium, which is in some ways the home of Welsh rugby, that they're not allowed anymore to sing the song Delilah. Choirs have been told you can no longer sing Tom Jones's hit Delilah, which is what they used to sing in unison around uh, Cardiff's stadium. Because the lyrics of the song are enduring standard for Welsh pop star uh, Jones since his first chart in the late 60s, but includes a reference to a woman being murdered by her jealous partner. Have a listen. I crossed the street to her house and she
Let's all sing it together, Delilah. So imagine that being sung around the, the Cardiff Stadium when Wales are playing a rugby international. Cannot sing it anymore. They've been singing it for decades because of those lyrics. Across the street to her house and she opened the door. She stood there laughing. I felt the knife in my hand and she laughed no more. Another wicket. The Sixers, by the way, five for 76. They're in a bit of trouble against the Brisbane Heat. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos, we come back with the head of the BBL. Uh, Alistair Dobson, he's the CEO, a general manager of the BBL. He'll talk to us about the competition and the big one on Saturday. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlaus on this Thursday. Really getting excited about Saturday. 4.30, the first ball to be bowled. It will be the decider. Uh, of course, in uh, real terms, as we know it, the grand final in BBL 12. And, of course, the Perth Scorchers uh, will take on the winner of tonight's match, currently underway between the Brisbane Heat and also the Sydney Sixers. I read an interesting article, actually, in the Australian newspaper this morning, and it gave me the idea to maybe invite this gentleman to actually join us on the show to explain about BBL 12 uh, and where it's going after what's been a bit of a revival this summer. I'm talking about Alastair Dobson. He's the uh, BBL general manager. Alistair, thanks for joining us on the program. G'day, Peter. Great to chat. We love the Big Bash here in Perth, Western Australia, as uh, the Scorchers head for their fifth possible title-winning performance. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It's been an amazing season. Um, it's shaping up as one of the great ends to a, to a BBL season of all time with a pretty much a sold-out crowd at Optus Stadium for, for Saturday afternoon into Saturday night. And it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to putting, putting such a finishing touch on, on what's been a great season. It has been a great season. Why has it bounced back? Because there were some concerns over the last two or three summers that the competition had plateaued a bit. Why do you think it's come back so strongly this summer? Yeah, it's, it's never just one thing, obviously. I think, first and foremost, obviously, getting away from all those restrictions that we've had from a COVID perspective in the past couple of seasons and players being able to travel freely and enjoy the Australian summer while they're playing the competition and, obviously, fans being able to connect with players has played a big role. I think I think our clubs have really lent into the, 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 that first season post-COVID and the events they're putting on, lots of live music and lots of fans and kids in the, in the grounds. And then I think our broadcasters have done a phenomenal job of of going to the next level again with players on the microphone and, and the promotion and coverage. So it's not, not one thing, it's lots of little things. And they, they all seem to have gone our way. And I think underpinning that has been just phenomenal cricket. You know, we've had five of the all-time seven highest scores this season. We've had almost a record number of close matches. And it just seems like there's something every night that, that comes out of it. And it's been a bit of everything, really. What was interesting in the article this morning written by Ben Horn is the fact that reportedly BBL organisers are just feeling... A bit more uncomfortable, in fact, if the Perth Scorchers do take it out, the decider, on Saturday, it'll be five titles. We know the Sydney Sixers have had three titles. That's eight out of 12 to two franchise. And one thing that they're a bit worried about is the fact that there is not enough equalisation amongst all the franchise. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't have used the word un uncomfortable that you've done. I think it's it's a, an absolute credit to, to the Sixers and the Scorchers for their history in the competition. They're great teams, well-coached, great culture and depth in the team. So first and foremost, they, they should be congratulated on their on their history and, and performance again this year. 
Uh, but it's always a factor when you when you're running a league and, you, and you're trying to create a competition that's even and unpredictable that you want every team to be able to win it from one year to the next. And I think um, that's that's always at the heart of a of a competitive league, one that generates lots of fan interest. So I think that's always a factor that you review and whether there's rules in the in place around contracting and we have a salary cap and we have have various mechanisms in place and I think it's incumbent on the league to always be having one eye on making sure that that the competition's set up for success. It's interesting also in that article and you made comment about it that maybe the Perth Scorcher success has become the BBL's biggest headache but you've just of course answered that by saying uh, it's been a credit uh, how the Perth Scorchers have been there around the place most seasons. Yeah, and no, I think it's it's in, it's incumbent on every other club to aspire to be like the Perth Scorchers, and whether that's in their recruiting, in their in their coaching, and in in the in the way they build their club. So I would, rather than trying to suggest it was a problem, I think it's an aspiration that every club should should look to, and they do. And every club has great leadership around them, and and hopefully next year we see eight really competitive teams, like generally we have this year. I think you know we were out here tonight watching the Brisbane Heat play the Sixers, and they've largely come from nowhere after a. A relatively slow start to the season. So I think the BBL always is, is unpredictable, but it's, it's always a factor that you want to make sure that everything's set up so that that remains the case. It's been a great competition. I've thoroughly enjoyed broadcasting it here in the West with uh, Brad Hogg. But saying that, as we know, Labashane, Kawaja, Renshaw and others are unavailable for the Brisbane Heat tonight. And then we've got the Sixers, no Steve Smith if they get through on Saturday and the Scorchers have lost Lance Morris and Ashton Agar. Now, next year, reportedly, there will be Test cricket in the month of January. Is that going to be a constant headache in relation to BBL organisers to make sure they can maximise the talent? Yeah, again, I wouldn't use the word headache. I think it's it's been the case for the BBL in its 12-year history that it works in and around the, 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 the Australian summer of international cricket and players are available accordingly. We've had a, a pretty good run this year, particularly after those. Uh, there, were, there were some originally some uh, ODIs against South Africa scheduled that, that were that were cancelled in the end, and, and that freed the players up this year. And, and next year is a little bit more uh, problematic, I guess, with, with test matches going right throughout January. But for, for a large part of the next FTP over the next six or seven years, we'll have summers similar to this. And next year just means... You know, we, we forget that we've had players like Glenn Maxwell and Mitch Marsh and others that haven't haven't played much this competition and, and the overseas players we hope to be able to keep for longer. So the mix of players that draw the crowds and play great cricket does change a little bit from year to year and this year we've been you know, wrapped to see those Australian players come back in and play a role and next year it'll be, it might look a bit different but equally as exciting. What does your research tell you? Is it the overseas players that draw the crowds or the interest or is it more the locally produced players like Steve Smith, like Mitch Marsh that you mentioned that hasn't had an appearance in BBL 12 uh, or do we focus on the Australian talent because they are still a bigger draw card, if not as much a draw card as some of the big names coming from overseas? Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's never one or the other. It's a balance. So I think at the end of the day, kids and kids around Australia aspire to be like their heroes, and their heroes are generally Australian players that they see day in, day out, and whether that's players from the test team or, or perhaps some of our more white ball BBL stars like, like Glenn Maxwell and, and, and Mitch Marsh. So, But at the end of the day, the overseas players still bring a little bit of X factor with, you know, I guess a few rock stars that come and, and do their thing, and then some unique talents that bring bring some some specialty to the competition. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, kids love seeing their own heroes from their own from their own backyard. And uh, and again, BBL's known for that, and equally has unearthed some heroes. We've seen some players this year that perhaps weren't weren't household names, but but are quickly becoming so. And that's the other part of the BBL that 
we're always really mindful of, whether it's, you know, the, the couple of the players from the Brisbane Heat tonight that perhaps a few weeks ago no one had ever heard of, and now they're, they're rock stars in their own right. So it's, it's all a mix. Alistair, when you look at the uh, T20 competition, it's now flourishing around cricket nations around the world. And we've seen some players having to leave the BBL, like, you know, Faf Duplessis, certainly from the Scorchers, go to South Africa and play in that competition. You know, Stoinis and Lynn have gone to the Middle East. Is that always a concern? And the fact that the BBL needs to remain attractive because there's so many T20 leagues around the planet? Yeah, it's a really competitive environment. I think the dynamics of world cricket have shifted markedly in the last couple of years and and the BBL has to remain competitive and it's a key focus for us whether it's working with the players on on a new MOU around salary caps and and contracting or the way we we engage and contract overseas players like through an overseas player draft so you know I think it's it's absolutely competitive I think time and money do play a role in terms of their schedule but equally we hear a lot from the overseas players in particular that coming to Australia and playing the BBL still remains at the top of their list because of the, the stadiums they play in and the crowds they play in front of and, and the environment they're in. So it's, um, it's, it's a mix of all those things. But, yeah, it's, it's from back in the early days of the BBL, perhaps when it was really just the Big Bash and, and the IPL around the world, now there's so many more options and it's a really competitive environment, which, which keeps us on our toes. So let's look ahead now to Saturday. 4.30, it gets underway here at Optus Stadium. What's the whole package going to look like apart from the game? Well, I think, you know, everyone in Perth knows what Optus Stadium's like when it's full and rocking and whether it's a, a cricket game or a footy game or, or any other event. So I think that's those of us that are lucky enough to be able to go are really excited about seeing a passionate Scorchers crowd, um, you know, in front of, you know, playing, in, you're watching their favourite team play and, and, and go for another title. So I think you put all that together and it's going to be a pretty exciting, pretty exciting day. Um, uh, of action and a great way to finish the BBL season. Mm. And saying that, I know that a new uh, television deal has been done. The BBL going forward will be a fraction shorter in relation to the amount of games that are being played. And you think that'll only enhance the competition? Yeah, absolutely. We've heard <clears throat> loud and clear from players and, and clubs and those and, and fans in particular that that it's perhaps a few too many games in the last couple of years. It was... When we expanded to 56 games five or six years ago, it was the right thing at the time. But we've just spoken about the, the changing nature of global cricket and the and the need for the BBL to continue to adapt. So, yeah, we'll go back to 40 games, which is 10 games per team, five home games. So, um, yeah, slightly more more con- condensed season, um, but lots of great opportunities for fans to come and, and pack the stadiums at the same time. We've got two teams in Melbourne. We've got two teams in Sydney. First Scorchers could make it five out of 12 uh, titles. Is there the possibility down the track for a second team out of Western Australia, maybe a second team out of Adelaide? Is that likely to happen, do you think? It, it, it comes up from time to time. I'd have to say that the, the eight teams we've got now are, if you do still feel like the right mix and there's eight strong clubs and strong brands in their market, it's not necessarily on our agenda right now to be expanding the competition. Um, but, you know, as I said a minute ago, the, the BBL's, never rest on its laurels, so who knows what the future might hold. Okay, good on you, Alistair. Thanks for joining us. By the way, you're making the trip west? Yeah, I am. I can't wait. It's going to be, as I said, it's going to be a massive day. Okay, bring your sunscreen and a big hat because it's going to be pretty hot, let me tell you. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. Thanks a lot. On you. Alistair Dobson there, the general manager of the Big Bash League uh, heading to Perth on Saturday. I thought I'd throw the question regarding a second 
franchise out of Western Australia. Uh, maybe uh, to challenge the Perth Scorchers. Not on the radar at the moment. I'm just wondering if it will materialise. Because to be fair, okay, the Sydney Sixers have been pretty good. The Thunder have been hit and miss. The Stars have been poor because they've promised so much. And the Renegades up until this season have been fairly poor. So the populous cities in Australia haven't exactly delivered outside, as we know, the Sydney Sixers who have won three titles. We'll keep you up to date with that match currently underway between the Sixers and the Heat and the winners, of course, winding their way west to take on the Scorchers on Saturday. We'll take a break. You're listening to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos here on SEN. Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range. The cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. a great performance by the glory on the back end of David Williams, who is really the journeyman. You know, you heard him there uh, against his former club, played at the Wellington Phoenix for a season, was involved with Melbourne City for a number of seasons. It goes back to the North Queensland Fury days. Remember that? Ian Ferguson was the uh, coach manager then, of course, came from North Queensland Fury to the Perth glory, and he started his career actually in the A-League with the Queensland Raw that evolved to the Brisbane Raw. He's been around a while, but as you can hear, he's recruited the glory to score goals, and he's been doing that in recent weeks. Thanks for joining us, David. Joel Williams, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? Did you enjoy listening Thanks to that uh, that nice brace? Oh. Hey? Uh, yeah. I might. I probably won't be able to get out of the door now. But you've you've done well, actually. You've been on the end of uh, a number of uh, goals since you came over. The glory took a little while to get moving as far as scoring goals, but in recent times, particularly on the back end of yourself, you must be really happy that you're contributing to what is a pretty good run by the glory at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Just um, with some of the experience, I think we've gotten through some of these games at home, but it also helps playing a lot of home games in a row. Just gets that momentum, but also that the momentum went the other way when we had the run of away games with the schedule that was given to us. So, um, look, we, we are in the position we are, but, um, yeah, I feel good personally and um, feel like I am contributing um, what I normally do. So, um, yeah, I can't can't complain about that. And, um, yeah, if my family's happy, then I'm ha- happy as well. So. Tell us about your family. Tell us about your family. Now, you've been playing in Australia. I know you went overseas and played in Denmark for a little while. But as far as your first taste of Ailey goes back to the Queensland Raw, you've been going around for 17 years. And I see you're on the verge of celebrating a birthday at the end of this month where you turn, what is it, 35 Still a young man, though. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, I'm keeping up with the 18-year-olds at the club, so I'm doing the 
the same runner than they are, the same gym program. So I feel feel young. They're keeping me young, and um, you know we we've got a, a good setup where we are. So as long as you're doing the right things off the field, what we get um, you know in our training base definitely helps me um, still perform and and be on that pitch. You know I, I've been lucky, touch wood, that I haven't had any injuries yet. Um, but you know the programming that we've, mm. we've had definitely looks after players in that way. And there's been no, um, you know, real muscle injuries that we've had through um, Perth Glory this season. There's just been a, a few unfortunate incidents. But, um, look, we're we're a club where, uh, as the club would say, you know, it's slightly re- rebuilding compared to last season. So, um, yeah, again, we're here with my family, just an opportunity to um, enjoy life in Australia after being in India for the last three years. It, it, you know, kids are at school now. They started back yesterday, and it's just a good feeling here in Perth, and, um, yeah, we, we're loving it um, so far. Tell us about the family. Uh, what's the brood? Uh, how many kids and uh, your partner? Tell us a bit more about the Williams family. Yeah, my, well, my wife and I, we've got two boys, six and three, so um, Hugo and Rudy are actually at the school across the road from the house which is nice there's no jumping in cars and rousing on them if we're late we're um we're we're, we're out the door three minutes before the bell goes so it's, <laughs> it's really good um yeah my, my wife has been studying the last couple of years and she's finally um uh, graduated as a a nurse um so she's she's done that by herself while i've been away um during covid times in india so um yeah i'm sure she would like to get into the workforce and some, have some normality to, um, you know, life. So we've, um, you know, we've been lucky to, to get uh, a place here in, in Perth and, um, look, we love it so far and, um, you know, there's never saying never, but, um, you know, we've got a, a good setup where we are and um, hopefully it could be, um, you know, staying here for a little while and experiencing a little bit more rather than just um, the length of a contract. Good on you, mate. Great to hear. And uh, your wife, good on her as a nurse, uh, an essential worker. We need people like that, certainly in our health system. We wish her the best of luck with her career. Let's Thank look you. at Let's look at your career. I remember Miriam Blyberg, and you'd be thinking, I remember him. He was my coach at the Queensland Royal. I remember he came out and said that you were the best Australian product uh, and prospects since Harry Kuehl. Do you remember when he mentioned that? Oh, yeah, it put a bit of pressure on me, didn't it? <laughs> uh, um, but M- Miron was known for, um, you know, having some quotes that were a bit outrageous. So I always backed my um, ability, and, and, and definitely at that time I was flourishing in the national team and, and whatnot, and at 17 still mixing it with men and holding my own at the, um, you know, at, Queensland Raw trainings and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, when the time was right, I ended up signing the contract and, and playing under Miron. Um, and, yeah, he gave me an opportunity, but the club were also good to me to let me go overseas only a, a couple of weeks later. So, mm. um, yeah, Miron's, um, I think, you know, I think a lot of people miss his comments in the A-League. There's not as many coaches like him um, anymore, so... He, he definitely added a bit of spark to um, to press conferences, that's for sure. Just talking about uh, your Indigenous heritage, I was uh, interviewing John Moriarty. Actually, he was a guest of the Perth Glory at the Chairman's Function a couple of weeks ago. And as we know, he's an Aboriginal Australian. He was an artist, a government advisor, and, of course, a former soccer player. And he's talking about trying to develop, uh, particularly in the uh, regional communities, uh, young boys and girls to take up the sport of soccer or football as it's known internationally. Can I ask you what attracted you as an Indigenous youngster to the round ball game? 
Um, it was more the influence. But by the way, yeah, John's done a great job and he's definitely identified some great kids. Um, unfortunately, there's a few more girls than um, uh, guys. Well, maybe I shouldn't even say unfortunately, but there, the studies, there is more girls in, integrated into um, A-League clubs. But yeah, like I would love to help and have that influence of, of getting boys and girls involved. But they're out there. Uh, yeah, we just have to go find them and kind of show them that they are good at something rather than trying to convince them. It's showing them that they are agile, they're good, mm-hmm. um, there's some, you know, special talent and then try and, um, you know, get them set up in the right environment to, to make them fall in love with the game. And I think then you'll see uh, a rise in Indigenous kids. Um, yeah, sorry, what was your other question? I just Well, that's, that I was just going to ask you, uh, what actually led you as an Indigenous youngster growing up in Brisbane to the round oh, ball game? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, it was the influence of my my dad. I guess my dad's um, full Aboriginal, and uh, my mum was born in England with Scottish heritage. So um, I, I feel like my my dad saw a talent for me to play soccer. My oldest brother played it, so I was always off onto the side other side of the pitch, or you know, kicking the ball at half time on the field while you know the other teams, uh, my brother's teams, were eating oranges and having their half time <laughs> talk. So I was always had the knack of being that little kid off to the side kicking the ball because um, I basically kind of had to go. But I, I feel like the influence did also come from uh, my grandfather. Um, he's um, a big, big heart, well, I would say a heart supporter, grew up in Edinburgh. And um, that was actually my first um, club I ever supported. So and now there's um, a lot of uh, uh, Australians there now and have come and gone over the years, which is, which is nice. And um, look, it, it, he, he teaches me a few things, a few of the dirty things when I was a kid, you know, stepping on <laughs> defenders' feet and pinching them on the, um, you know, on the side of the stomach and things like that. So um, he definitely wanted me to be a, a footballer as a, as a grandfather would, you know, relay a bit of his information onto me. But uh, my dad definitely big influence, getting me everywhere I needed to go with rep teams and local teams and whatnot. So I guess without um, without my dad, without his commitment and uh, you know, seeing the quality that I had as a young kid, I don't think I'd be here. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, thanks for that. Now, you're almost the same age as the coach in Ruben Zadkovic. He's in his mid-30s. Uh, give us your thoughts yeah. on Ruben. Uh, a lot of people have waited to maybe cast their opinion on whether he was the right man for the job to take the glory forward. Certainly on face value, he seems to be doing a lot of uh, good down there in the team in purple. And he seems to have the support and backing of, of the players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's it, it, uh, like all teams who are struggling, it's taken a while to get going. But now that we've found our feet at home, um, you know, I dare say if we had a few home games in the first five weeks of the, the, the year, we would have picked up points and been in a, a different position to where, to where we are, a higher one in my opinion. Um, but that's the way it went. And so he, he's obviously had to deal with that, deal with travel every week um, with either resting players or, you know, players being tired from flights and still playing. So it, it's been a hard, um, you know, fight. And, you know, you, you can say they're excuses, but at the end of the day, that's just facts. That's what we had to deal with. And um, teams coming over to Perth, they feel the um, the heat in the last couple of days, uh, couple of games and then also they, they feel the travel so um, it works when we, we go that way um, he's he's getting the team together really well um, he's uh, obviously a young manager with a lot of ambition and I think that's why 
um, you know, we're picking up points. He's he's not trying too much. He's very, um, I, I guess, critical of of um, some things and very hard on us. But he's hard on us for a reason. And um, we, you know, we're getting results because of it. So um, if we can, you know, got not get upset by those, um, you know, getting talked to um, or you know, getting. Um, not put down. It's not the right way. But if if he's hard on players, it's always for a reason. So um, we've got a, a good setup as well. We've got a good training pitch, even though it's a, a little bit away from the headquarters. But um, he's definitely getting a good squad together. There's a couple of signings they've made as well, which um, a great addition. So um, whether that's him uh, influencing them, but them players to to come. For example, Adam at Taggart and Jordan Elsie and whatnot. I think. Um, he and the club are building uh, a very good squad. Good stuff, David. Lovely to talk to you. Good luck on Saturday night against Newcastle. I know that Ruben would be really happy to pick up the three points against a club that he spent a bit of time at uh, as a player. Thanks for joining us. Lovely to get a bit of a, a back story to yourself. Uh, you've been around a long time and we could spend uh, a lot of time with you discussing your thoughts on your journey and we may take that opportunity down the track this season. Anytime. But it's great no your family problem. is settled in well. Continue scoring goals and enjoy the remainder of the season. Thanks for your time. Will do. Thanks very much. Good on you. There's David Williams uh, and of course that's our A-League update. Uh, football is here and here is the Isuzu Ute A-League experience. Uh, just live it. It really is a, a terrific vehicle. Great to speak to David Williams. Uh, scoring goals. Uh, he scored four in the last uh, I think three games so he's really on fire. We'll take a break but as we go to the break, the Sixers with one ball remaining a nine for 113. Naveed is two and O'Keefe won. Nisa, two for 25, about to bowl the final ball. A commentary from Peter Vlahos here on Sports Day WA. Nisa comes in and bowls to O'Keefe. And O'Keefe lets it go through to the keeper. That might be it. An old white called by the square leg umpire. It's now nine for 114. What an anti-climax. Nisa now two for 26. He bowled that at 120 k's an hour. And uh, I think we might have to take a break. No, we'll stay with the commentary, actually, and then we'll come back. So the final ball, O'Keefe is facing. Shot of Darren Lehman, the Brisbane Heat assistant coach. He's getting quite excited as Nisa bowls, and O'Keefe hits it over mid-wicket towards the boundary. They'll come back for two. There's a run out on at the non-striker's end. No, Nisa doesn't gather it cleanly. So the final total for the Sixers, nine for 116 off 20 overs. Is it enough? Or do we back the Brisbane Heat, maybe, to come to take on the Perth Scorchers on Saturday night? We'll keep you updated here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range. The cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Great to have your company. Uh, a few minutes more remaining here on the final uh, Sports Day WA program for this week. Norm of Cal always uh, listens in. Good on you, Norm. How's the goldfields today? Pete, not another Perth. So we're talking earlier where the Perth Scorchers domination uh, may lead to a second uh, Perth BBL side uh, in the not-too-distant future. I spoke to Alistair Dobson, the uh, chief and the general manager of the Big Bash League about that possibility. He says it's not in the plans in the short term, but you never know 
one day. But Norm says, Pete, not another per side, but a state side, like the Bunbury Bashers or the Kalgoorlie Kings or the Geraldton Flyers or the or the Geraldton Gunners or the Fremantle Flyers. That's Norm of Cal, who always is very creative. Hello, Kay and Hubby and Kidge are in Perth this weekend. Uh, says we'd love the opportunity to come and see the Wildcats live while in Perth, if possible, please. Cheers from Kay. Well, I might put you on to my producer in Jimmy Williams. We haven't got any tickets floating around here, but uh, what I can say, there's still tickets available for the Cairns and Sydney Kings matches. Uh, Get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. All you need to do is head to ticketech.com.au. Both games, by the way, start at 6.30. Uh, that is Cairns on Friday. You're calling tomorrow night's game, aren't you, Jimmy? Gee, it'd be a good call. With Andrew Vlahov. With Andrew Vlahov. Um, you're calling Sunday? No, I'd rather you call Sunday. Um, anyway, uh, two big games uh, coming up. Uh, Kay, if we come across any, we'll uh, be in contact. Thanks for the SMS. Good old Lise. Hello, Lise. Hi, Peter. Never mind about gods. Must be crazy. That was a good film, Lise, wasn't it? Uh, it made millions after a very low-budget film. But regarding that, gods must be crazy. The world has gone crazy. Can't do this. Can't say that. Where is it all going to end? Peter, have heard the Wildcat supporters are organising a rally on Sunday outside Optus Stadium to protest about Bryce Cotton's long delay on being granted Australian citizenship. Hope they get a good crowd. He so deserves to be an Aussie. The Sixers are in a bit of trouble, and Josh Phillippe has had an ordinary BBL season. That's uh, Lisa getting a few topics uh, out of the way. Good on you, Lisa. Thanks for joining us on the Temper at Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Okay, uh, it's coming up to 7 to 6. Just regarding our coverage, uh, gets underway at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Yours truly and Brad Hogg will be anchoring the SEN Network's BBL coverage. Uh, Lee Fletcher is going to be the person who's going to be assisting us there. Uh, and we'll bring you everything that's happening on the ground, plus some feature interviews. So join us from 3 o'clock on Saturday for the decider, the grand final between the Perth Scorchers. And at the moment, you'd be favouring possibly the Brisbane Heat because the Sixers made nine for 116 off their 20 overs. They're taking the innings break right now. Uh, For New Farm Australian through and through, let's have a look at uh, Perth weather for tomorrow. Nice day today. It's going to be 18 to 36 tomorrow. Sunny conditions. Those winds again will be gusty from the east in the morning, 30 to 45 knots. They'll become light in the evening. Saturday for the big one, it was going to be 39. It's cooling off a bit. It's going to be 38, actually, at this stage for Saturday. And for those people in Bunbury listening on SEN Spirit 621, in Bunbury tomorrow, 35 degrees and sunny, dropping to a low of 16 tonight and for your Saturday and expecting a top of 35 degrees. It's all thanks to New Farm's products. They are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia, New Farm Australian through and through. Well, thanks for joining us. Interesting, uh, Jim brought it up, uh, that is Jimmy, in the run home. If you catch a look at James Sicily, the hot favourite to be Hawthorne's next captain, He's been the central figure in a pretty fiery AFL preseason training session for the Hawks. Teammates. They weren't teammates in this little uh, dust-up, let me tell you. Match simulation. Sicily was caught holding the ball by young gun Sam Butler and took offence to it. Toughen up, James Sicily, if you want to be captain of the Hawks. That was absolutely marshmallow stuff.
Anyway, thanks for joining us on the program today. It's all been thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. I'll be back Monday from 5. Look forward to you joining us for the big BBL extravaganza at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy. Good luck with the call tomorrow night, Jimmy. And Lee, I'll see you on Saturday.